0: Praise the Lord. We're so glad that you're here to worship the Lord with us this morning. You know, it's a very unique experience when the body of Christ comes together. Amen? Amen. And when we come together, God comes into the midst. And you know what? When God comes in, he does things that you don't always expect like me speaking today. Uh, i am conscripted to open the the service this morning. But it is a delight to be here with those of like precious faith. Folks, we have such a unique um, experience to be able to come together, to pray together, to read the Word together. And guess what else? To cry together. And to bear one another's burdens. You know, Paul spoke quite a bit about bearing one another's burdens. But we're so glad that you're here today. You're going to hear the Word. You're going to hear uh, worship. And we pray you will enjoy the worship this morning. And let your mind and your heart soar to God today. And allow Him to do what He needs to do in you and in me and in each of us today so we're glad that you're here um you know uh gonna have a special speaker preaching who's not uh, unfamiliar to any of us i'll let him introduce himself and then pastor chad will be back next week he's flying and he'll be back here and we'll be excited to see him but if you would let's stand as we we pray this morning and allow god's presence to come in and do what he needs to do father Oh Father, we are in needy people, because we are your creation. Lord, you tell us in your word in Jeremiah that you knew us before we were ever formed in the womb. you knew us. You knew us to the fact that each and every part of our body, Lord, you know it. You know our uprisings and our and our downsittings, you know each and every person's need that is here today. So, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just flow through each and every pew, each and every aisle, and that, God, that you would search out hearts, search out lives, Lord, that need your touch today. We pray, Father, that as we sing songs, as we hear the the wonderful word of God that we are privileged to hear that you do that work that cannot be spoken by man but by the quickening of the living word that go forth and that our hearts would soar that we would see Jesus today so father I pray that as we we sing this morning that you envelop and you inhabit the praises of your people. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Victory in Jesus. Amen.
1: Standing if you want and sing with us.
0: do worship you this morning. We set time aside, Lord, to hear from you. We set time aside, Lord, to feel your presence. And Lord, as the word comes forth, as Pastor Kelly comes and preaches, I pray, God, that our hearts would be open to receive the engrafted word we ask it in your precious and holy name. Amen. You may be seated.
2: Thank you.
3: Well, good morning. We've had our rising up, and now you're sitting downs. It's so good to be with you. I'm always glad to be with you here at uh, East LJ Baptist Church, and uh, I appreciate how you look after our son and family and uh, minister with them and they with you. Um, it's always good to be here, and, and it's great, isn't it, to have uh, other men uh, to ably fill uh, the pulpit uh, in your pastor's absence, and there's others who could do the same thing, and that's a lot to be thankful for. Thank you, men, for uh, doing that. Uh, Chad and Hannah, by the way, uh, are on their way home. Uh, they're, I think, still in the layover in Jakarta. And then we'll, uh, I guess, Doha is the next stop and then the last leg home. They should be home sometime tomorrow, I guess, because they've been on a whole different day than who we are. I think it's tomorrow uh, that they'll be back. Um, I want to thank your musicians uh, and technical folks who uh, lead and serve each week, we, we appreciate them, and um, it's great for us to be able to uh, worship with you on Sundays. You may not have known that, but uh, our church service is at 10 in Dalton at Grove Level Baptist Church, and uh, uh, so we tune in to East Elegy. Uh I guess his mother wants to listen to her preacher boy. Uh, But today we're going to be in Exodus chapters 4 through 8. The title of the message um, is The Oppressor Versus the Deliverer. Uh, Our church, I mentioned, uh, we're currently uh, reading through uh, the Old Testament chronologically, uh, five chapters uh, and a psalm each week, and then in Sunday school we teach through that. And so the message this morning actually comes from uh, my study and preparation to teach uh, from this text a few weeks ago. And let me just tell you, that's a challenge. Uh, Don't always try and um, even highlight all five chapters uh, uh, in the book of Exodus, but um, maybe hit the high points. And of course, that's all we'll be able to do today. Um, But that said, I'm not going to read a, a... passage at this point we'll be looking at the scripture that will be on your uh, screen uh, as we go along but again the idea of the oppressor versus the deliverer and I I want us to just uh, continue in a spirit of prayer and ask God to speak to our hearts from uh, this message which I think is very applicable to uh, present-day oppression And uh, yet we know that uh, greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. So let's pray together. Father, we are thankful that we can come together into your house. And Lord, even as uh, I stand behind this sacred desk, as it's already been mentioned, I pray that uh, your word would speak to our hearts today and your Holy Spirit interpret uh, your message uh, to each of us as individuals, those of us that know Christ um, and, and those that uh, would come to him for salvation even today. And Lord, I just pray that um, you do your work in each heart and life for your own glory. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. As Genesis, the book of Genesis, shows us God creating the world for himself, so Exodus shows God creating Israel for himself. That's what we see in in Exodus, the the beginning, if you will, of the nation of Israel uh, for himself. Matthew Henry said uh, there, speaking of Genesis, we have the creation of the world in history and here, speaking of Exodus, we have the redemption of the world in type. Moses, of course, is a type of Christ as deliverer Uh, in the Old Testament, that deliver from the bondage of sin. Exodus is the historical picture of divine grace in the redemption of man by God himself in Jesus Christ, who is at once uh, even our great apostle and our high priest, as Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1 speaks of. But the story of Exodus is repeated in every soul, every soul that is, that seeks deliverance from the influence of the world. I wonder today, do you fall in that category? You may be lost. You may not know Jesus. You may not really understand what it is to be a child of God yet. Or you may be a Christian and may be a Christian for a long time. And yet there's just that need to, to 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 get away from the influence of the world uh, day in and day out. And, of course, that's why we're met together today in God's house is to worship him. And we can, even as Jesus, come apart and and, and even be renewed by uh, fellowship in the Spirit of God among God's people and, and under the teaching and the preaching of God's Word. But I want us to think about today, if Genesis is all about humanity and the need for, uh, of the human race uh, for deliverance from sin, Exodus is all about God completely fulfilling and perfectly providing the solution through Jesus Christ, his birth, his life, his death, and praise God, his resurrection, overcoming death, hell, and the grave, and and providing a way that we might come to know him by grace through faith in him alone. Exodus is God's answer to our human need as sinners. And God's redemptive story is begun in Exodus, and it'll continue in the book of uh, Exodus all the way into Joshua, which tells the story of Israel's triumph of the promised land. But today, even our personal redemption only comes... by grace, I've said it already, through faith in Jesus Christ as both Savior and Lord of our lives. And, and then, listen, church, the final redemption of his body, the church that's made up of believers, you and me, will come when he, come, when he uh, returns to claim his chosen uh, uh, bride, all believers, as the church of the, the, the living God. And as your pastor taught uh, through Romans in chapter 9, especially verses 1 through 8, not so long ago, he explained that spiritual Israel described there is the true church, the body of Christ, made up of Christ followers the world over. And that's what I want us to deal with this morning from these chapters by comparing, if you will, the devil with Pharaoh as the oppressor of course, and Moses with Jesus as the deliverer. Moses, again, is is seen as a foreshadowing of Jesus as our ultimate deliverer from sin and Satan. Thus the title and the theme of the message this morning, The Oppressor versus the Deliverer. We were having a conversation on the way over, and uh, my wife was quoting a well-known pastor and talking about that... uh, uh, The devil. I don't know exactly what was said. She was relating to me about how uh, uh, the devil really can't oppose God, and yet we know he he tries. And and uh, uh, it's interesting how we see in this picture that ongoing opposition. um, This idea that that. The oppressor is against God, and the deliverer is is the one who who, who brings us and ushers us into to the very uh, presence of God to be able to live with God and and walk with God and one another as the the people of God. And don't worry, today we're not going to try and cover all uh, that's found in this lengthy passage of of scripture, but we'll draw from these examples and these foreshadows, I said, of the human condition, think about it, and God's grace. Yes, Exodus is all about salvation, isn't it? Deliverance. And, and the idea in the, this early part of Exodus, we, we, we see the, the personal struggles of, of trust in God's sovereignty, even on the part of Moses and obedience to his word as dis- displayed by Moses and the Jews. Uh, Moses doubted and, and Moses gave excuses. Does that, does that sound familiar to you if we're honest today? It does to me. Even when God called Moses to deliver them. And the people heard that and were told to get ready now. Folks, we're, we're leaving slavery. We're leaving Egypt. And still, isn't it interesting how our loving God was patient all through that time? He was patient. He didn't destroy them. But rather, when God uh, said the time was right, he provided help. Think about the help that he gave uh, Moses. If you do any study at all in here, you're going to learn in, in the book of Exodus that, that he provided his wife, Zipporah. He, he provided Aaron. We all know that story, don't we? As his mouthpiece, as it were. Jethro, his, his father-in-law uh, that he worked for 40 years. And, and, and he, he, he provided other ways. And, 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 and it's interesting how God was, was patient. Aren't you glad today that God's patient with us when we doubt, when we get caught up in this world that we live in today? that's opposed to God and and the things of God? Well, let's look first of all uh, together at at this idea of the oppressor versus the deliverer and the deliverer's confirmation. That's in Exodus chapter four and I I don't expect you to be able to follow along in all of that chapter but I'm again going to highlight this. in and, and, and parts of these uh, chapters. But Moses doubts God concerning his, his call for him to lead them out of Egypt. In Exodus chapter 3 and verse, uh, uh, verses 10 and 11 he even talks about it just as he does here in uh, chapter 4 and verse 1. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me nor hearken unto my voice, for they will say the Lord hath not appeared unto thee. That even sounds like us, doesn't it? Doesn't that sound a little bit like us today? It sounds like the devil and, and the lies that he tells us. And even us, I said, when we think that we know more than God. They're not going to listen, God. What are you talking about? I mean, I'm just a lowly Jew here in Egypt, and I'm going up against Pharaoh. He's the king. And, and they're not going to listen to me. When we think about sharing our faith sometimes, this sounds like us, doesn't it? All kinds of excuses not to share our faith. But in Exodus chapter 4 and verse 2, God clearly begins to confirm to Moses and his people by, by signs. In chapter 4 and verse 2, he speaks of that rod. Remember the rod and it, it became a snake? Uh, the leprous hand, he put it in his bosom and it came out leprous and he put it back in and took it out and it, it was clean. Uh, and the water that he takes from the uh, river and, and turns it into blood on the, the land in, in chapter 4 and verse 9. That he even is confirmed here as the man that God would use as Israel's deliverer. Now that's pretty uh, strong confirmation, isn't it? He said, look, Pharaoh's not going to listen, but I'm going to to prepare you and I'm going to supply you all that you need. Are you listening, church? All that you need. And and he did that, even through these signs. (laughs) I I want us to understand that even as Moses was God's appointed deliverer, confirmed here, Moses still doubted. Now, I don't know about you, but I haven't seen a rod turn into a snake. I've seen some snakes lately. This is kind of snake snake weather, I guess. But I hadn't seen that. I hadn't seen that leprous hand uh, sign. I hadn't seen the river water turn to blood on the land. But again, God was patient. Moses doubted and yes it was a big job but again look at God's grace look at God's patience now church let me just ask you a question you already know what it is I'm about to ask you what is that in thine hand what is that in your hand today what is it that God is confirming to you even this morning through the power of his Holy Spirit what is it that he's confirming to you that, that he would have you to do To lead people to Christ church what is it what is that in your hand mister ma'am even what would God have us to do right now despite the influence of the world around us we're starting a new week and a new opportunity to get the gospel out what is that in your hand so we see the deliverer's confirmation and then in Exodus chapter 5 we see the, ex, the Deliverer's uh, confrontation. You know, I'm not really a confrontational person, are y'all? I mean, I just, I'm not real comfortable with that. Um, and, and I'll go a long ways before I have to confront something. Here, Moses, though, notice this in Exodus chapter Five in verse 1 he is bold, I mean sure enough bold and afterward Moses and Aaron went in and told Pharaoh thus saith the Lord God of Israel, now think about that we'll get back to that verse in a minute but, but think about that Moses is, 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 is just as bold as he could be, though it cost all the Jews heavily, and his own people, Moses' own people, let him, let him know that they're not happy about this in Exodus chapter 5, verses 20 and 21. And once again, Moses doubts God in verses 22 and 23. But with with Aaron in tow, Moses waltzes right up to old Pharaoh, and he confronts him With those now famous words, what are they? Let my people go. The last part of that first verse that I didn't read. But again, those those words were prefaced by thus saith the Lord God of Israel. Moses wasn't speaking on his own, and listen, neither are we. We are appointed as ambassadors of Christ to get the gospel out to get the good news out so so people can hear and and know him and and come to him through uh, saving faith. You know, these people were the people of God. It wasn't just Moses and Aaron, but Moses was God's spokesman. And words from God to Pharaoh via Moses would be used by God to lead them out of his sinful grip. Even as Jesus confronted Thomas with these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And, and dear people of God today, that's our responsibility. To lovingly confront people who are so terribly wrong and, and lost today apart from salvation, uh, because of their sin and and they, they they just don't know the love of God and and, and so we're to to lovingly confront them with the, the the good news of Jesus Christ as the only way of salvation. It says in uh, Exodus chapter five and verse two that uh, uh, Pharaoh didn't even know who Mo- who Moses was. Uh, he didn't know who Moses Lord was. and and after all, Moses was, just another one of many uh, of those Jews that were under his control. Think about that. How in the world was it possible for Moses to go before the king and then to stand there and boldly confront him with with such a thing as this? Let my people go. You know, I, I thought about this and He didn't know who Moses was, um, but he he was going to get to know him pretty well, wasn't he? As he hardened his heart toward God and God's message. And sadly, we see the Israelites' burden only increases when, when Moses confronts him. And again, in verses 22 and 23, Moses doubts God rather boldly too. And beloved of God, there is a cost. Mark this down. There is a cost to serving God. It's not always going to be easy. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. And oftentimes, even when we're obedient, we have to learn some rough, rough lessons along the way. For it is God, listen to what Scripture says. For it is God which worketh in you both the will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things, church, without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst, listen, this is where we are today, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, the good news of Jesus Christ that Jesus saves. That's what Paul told the Philippians. So we see the confirmation of Moses as the deliverer and we see the confrontation uh, before Pharaoh as Moses speaks for the uh, people of God and, and, and God uh, uh, himself that, that the people of God might be uh, let go. But in Exodus chapter 6 we see the deliverer's affirmation. And you see, this is kind of building. Can there be any doubt that God was in this? Can there be any doubt to old Pharaoh, what was going on here? I mean, this wasn't some Jew that uh, he didn't even know or uh, know his God. This this was God. The deliverer's affirmation in uh, chapter six of Exodus, verse one, really does affirm. Moses, as Israel's deliverer, it says, Then the Lord said unto Moses, Now, watch, watch that, church. Look in your Bibles, Exodus chapter 6 and verse 1. Now shalt thou see what I will do to Pharaoh. That's pretty strong language, isn't it? That's pretty affirming. Moses, just hold on. Buckle up. We're going on a ride. It may be a rough ride, but, but I'm with you. And, and he said, look, now you're going to see, Moses, what I'm going to do to Pharaoh. I've told you already. I've provided for you. I've confirmed you. You've, you've been uh, faithful and you confronted him. And, and now watch, uh, Moses, what I'm going to do. You know, as the church today, the Bible talks about God can do beyond our wildest dreams if we'll just trust and obey if we'll just obey God, if we'll obey his word, we'll, we'll follow the leading of his Holy Spirit, if we'll surrender to him and yield to that leadership. God not only affirms Moses, but he makes sure the Hebrews know it, that it was he, that is God himself, who would deliver his people. And isn't that just like the Lord to graciously and repeatedly affirm even that kind of truth to them? He says in Exodus chapter 6, verses 2, 6, 7, and 8, I am the Lord. He also affirmed his long-standing covenant with their forefathers that, that he would keep his promise. Look at verse 6 of Exodus. I'm sorry, verse 9 of Exodus 6. To give them the land of Canaan, uh, verse 4. And what, although they did not heed Moses, verse 9, when he told them, God remembered and heard them and further reminded them who he was and in Exodus six thirteen and following, who they were. They were his chosen people and the church today is on mission for the glory of God as his people. Amen? That's what we're to be doing. We're to go out in his name even boldly because he's affirmed it repeatedly that I am the Lord. You know, sometimes those milestones from the past are, are important for us. That we can look back and we can know when we were saved. We can look back and we can know, maybe in a difficult time, it may have been sickness or uh, business interruption or failure, or uh, uh, we sang about the song, somebody told a lie on you. And, and, and we can remember those times when, when God affirms who he is and who we are. Are you listening, church? This is important stuff For the church today and yet Moses still offered an excuse not to go go before Pharaoh again now I'm not going to be too hard on Moses I told you I'm not confrontational and this was a big deal wasn't it I mean it really was but God told him to go and he objected in in chapter 6 and verse 30 uh, as an unskilled speaker he said he couldn't speak because he always got his words tangled up. I can relate to that. Can you? And you know, sometimes when we're uh, in the heat of the battle, if you will, if when we're out there and trying to live for the Lord and Satan's shooting his darts at us and, and people are unkind or, or we just fear uh, the face of men rather than uh, God who can both uh, destroy us uh, soul and body, the Bible talks about. We, we worry that, that somehow we're not going to be liked or we won't have the words. He said he'll give us the words. But it's interesting to me that um, he said that, that he would, would, would be with Moses and, and he would give him the words. And I just thought about this. We're not going to look there, but over in chapter fifteen and verse one, you know what Moses did? He was like male tillets he didn 't stutter when he led the people of God in in a song following the the red Sea experience isn't that interesting how how Moses was so fearful and then when God performed the miracle at the Red Sea, he, he, he led them uh, and Miriam even uh, picked that up and they, they sang a, a song of praise to God and I, I thought about how terrified Moses must have been when he first confronted Pharaoh I remember when I first stood to preach thankfully it was in my home church and I'd been in business uh, for a long time I was 32 when I uh, answered the call to uh, preach and uh, I, I was a little nervous about it just be Honest with you, and uh, I, I can tell you this: apart from uh, the prayers of God's people, I wouldn't be able to stand behind the uh, sacred desk today. But but God was was with them, and 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 He continually a, a affirmed His His uh, presence and His call on Moses' life, and and surely Moses was terrified uh, when he first confronted Moses, and and here he he even though it didn't seem to have done any good, God told Moses, do it again. But what about our timidity today in the world to share the the gospel of Jesus Christ? What about your timidity before your coworkers today? Let me just ask you this, church. Maybe this helps me. What's the worst thing that could happen? We'll die and go to heaven if we know the Lord, right? What's the worst thing that could happen? That's what the worst thing happened happen to us, but you know what? The worst thing in the world would be for that coworker, that family member, that friend to die and go to an e- eternal hell apart from God forever and ever. Think about that. Is he affirming in your life today to be his spokesperson? And it's interesting, here we see the use of Lord, that's L-O-R-D, all caps. This was the Hebrew way of of saying Yahweh, the name of of God that was too holy, too sacred uh, to to say or even read aloud. And it it set aside as such, that that word uh, uh, Lord, all caps, Yahweh. Oftentimes uh, the word Adonai or my Lord, small capital L, lower case O-R-D is substituted for all caps L-O-R-D and you know just as the Jews recognize, listen to me church we're to know that he is think about this in their situation think about this in Moses' situation just as they recognize we're to know that he is almighty God so we are to know That he is omnipotent God, all-powerful. I've said it already. He's able to do abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And the Bible says, Unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. And listen, when it says he can do all that according to, it's an endless supply of power. Think about this, church. The power of the resurrected Christ. That same resurrection power indwells us through his spirit as believers. And listen, the problem is, it's like we had a, 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 a electric cord or, or an extension cord, and we just failed to plug in to that power. We failed to, to draw from the source of our strength it's endless and we need to live for him and and be his people he affirms over and over again throughout scripture that he is God and we are to serve him for his glory well in chapter 7 of Exodus we see the deliverer's application now this is uh, pretty evident here but Pharaoh wasn't having too good a day or days was he it seems God would have Moses now reveal to Pharaoh just who, it says in chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, you remember, who the Lord God of Israel is. He said, I don't even know who the Lord is. That's what Moses, uh, Pharaoh said to Moses. I don't even know who your Lord is. You said, the Lord uh, saith, let my people go. I don't even know who that, that, that God is that you're talking about. I've got my own gods. Lost person today Your little G-gods can't stand up to the capital G-god who is on his throne today, who loves you and gave himself for you and is all-powerful. And if he can save this boy at 16 years old, uh, uh, lost and and, uh, full of sin, he can save you. He can save anybody. But he, he... He wants Moses to reveal to Pharaoh just who he is. And he even makes it possible, I said, to have access to Pharaoh so he could hear his message. Uh, I I like that song, uh, the contemporary song, He'll Make a Way Where There Is No Way. Amen? And here Moses applies those signs. You remember we talked about them? He applies those signs that God gave him and told him to use. He said, listen, remember he said to Moses in chapter 7 and verse 13, he said when he hardened Moses' heart. God knew that uh, Pharaoh wasn't going to let him go. And he said to Moses, uh, uh, I'm going to harden Pharaoh's heart and and I'm going to give you these tools. I'm going to give you these signs. I'm going to give you these things. and, And at the proper time, you'll apply them and I'll use them and God hardened his heart so that he refused to let the Hebrews go. You know, you'd think by applying this kind of miraculous pressure, Moses' actions here would, would get Pharaoh's attention, wouldn't it? Would cause him to yield and, and repent. Lost person today, hear me. Don't think that, that God is out to get you. He is, as, as the hound of God, of God even going after you in love and, and the Bible says that, that, that he loves you and, and without his love we wouldn't even know to come to God he, he, he draws us to himself for salvation and, and, and here we see that, that even though he hardened uh, Pharaoh's heart there, there were continued opportunities uh, uh, for, for Pharaoh to repent and yet no not even when Aaron stretched his rod over Egypt's waters did, did Pharaoh give in. And, and perhaps this was since uh, his magicians could even replicate this sign as well, the Bible talks about here. But, but once more, God supplied all that Moses and the people of God needed, and he's doing that today for you and I in the world who know him to be his people, to be a positive testimony of the love of Christ. Here first turning to blood all the waters of Egypt, killing the fish and causing them to stink. Listen to me today. Although we may not see these same kind of miracles today or even realize his miraculous work, God's still in the miracle working business of saving souls. Amen? God's grace is sufficient and he's still in that business today. So in Exodus 7, we see the deliverer's application. And then in Exodus chapter 8, we see the deliverer's continuation. Aren't you glad that, uh, that I guess, uh, gospel song says, uh, he didn't give up on me. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad he didn't give up on you? I don't know where you were, how you were, how old you were. But he did go after you, and and I'm glad he didn't give up on you. I'm glad he didn't give up on me. He doesn't give up on his church, church. He's still working on me, but he's not giving up. And we see the continuation of the deliverer here. Old Pharaoh just wouldn't give up, but neither did Moses and God quit. And they continued to pronounce, look, there are a second plague, frogs. The Bible says in chapter eight and verse six, they covered the land of Egypt. And then a third, lice it says, upon man and upon beast, chapter eight and verse 18. And then fourth, on top of that, a grievous swarm of flies. My wife hates flies. If I can swat a fly, I get a Yankee dime. I hate flies. You know, the idea is th- these flies were everywhere into all the land of Egypt, it says, in Exodus eight twenty four. But it's interesting, if you go ahead to verse 31, but not on the Jews. Isn't that interesting? Not on the Jews. And you know, the, the plagues of the frogs was an insult to the Egyptians who looked to them uh, to signal the harvest. When they started seeing the frogs at a particular time of the year, that meant the harvest was ready. They would wear the frogs on their, or a likeness of the frogs, on their clothing. They even worshipped frogs. Uh, I don't know much about the goddess Heft, H-E-F-T, you can look it up. But they worshipped the the frogs. And God's reprieve from the frogs was short-lived, just as Pharaoh's was when he continued to harden his heart. God said, I'm going to give you a reprieve, but then... Pharaoh hardened his heart again, and that reprieve was over, and 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 it was terrible. I, I wonder today about the things that maybe we think, you know, are utopia or the the greatest thing, or better than sliced bread. And I wonder about some of the symbols that we might wear or see. Let me just, not not that you would do this, but encourage others not to does, does it bother you when you see a skull and crossbones on somebody's truck or bumper? We need to discourage that sort of thing as a church, you know, uh, a cross is a whole lot better. Just the name of Jesus is so much better. But... Even though Pharaoh's magicians couldn't replicate the plague of lice and said this, this verse 8, I'm sorry, chapter 8, verses 16 through 19, this is the finger of God. The magicians even recognized that the lice that they couldn't replicate, like dust everywhere, it talks about in the 8th chapter. And, And yet Pharaoh refused to let them go. You know, we're in a world today that's just really upside down, isn't it? Great book I'd recommend to you by Stacy Reinhart. I believe somebody mentioned uh, at least the terminology upside down the, the other day, uh, other Sunday, uh, from this pulpit. But uh, we're in an upside down society today. And even the church, because we fail to obey God, we fail to to follow God's uh, leading, and, and we, we give up too early. We give up too easily, and we, we, we throw in the towel. Listen, I'm not talking about politics. I'm talking about standing for the truth of the living God in a world that desperately needs Jesus Christ. That's what it's about, church. that the flies swarmed the Egyptians and and not the Jews. To me, as if it could be any more miraculous, makes this even more miraculous, doesn't it? It says all of them were affected, but not the Jews. All the Egyptians. And again, Pharaoh said, okay, y'all can leave. But he reneged again. And he reneged despite Moses warning him of of more deceit in that regard. You know... uh, I know your pastor fairly well, and uh, I'm reminded of that terminology, renig. When when Chad was in high school, uh, maybe some of y'all know this, he was a sure enough good steer wrestler. He went to the National High School uh, Rodeo Finals as a steer wrestler, wrestler from Georgia. He didn't do too well in the finals, but he did go. And uh, I can remember that, Uh, they would have rodeos on Saturday and Sunday and being a pastor myself it was difficult for us a lot of times we'd we'd leave out either real early on Saturday morning or maybe if it was where we could go and spend the night on Friday night and just as soon as Chad's uh, go they call it, his chance uh, to wrestle that steer was over, we'd head back because I had to be back in the pulpit on Sunday but Chad didn't comp- uh, compete on, on Sunday. And I can remember uh, he uh, had a good uh, rodeo and you got points, and that built towards going to the national state finals and, and national finals. And. Uh, They said it was fine, he could he could do that uh, on Saturday, and, and he just missed his chance on Sunday because they'd compete on Saturday and they'd compete on Sunday. And uh, Chad didn't think that was right. We didn't either, but we kind of let him fight his own battles and they had a normal meeting and Chad asked if he could talk to him after they'd made that decision and so I drove him down to Atlanta, and Chad did all the talking. And they explained to him, you know, that he wouldn't be able to get, he wouldn't be able to uh, get those points, you know, because he didn't compete both days. And uh, Chad used this word respectfully, as about a 16-year-old, I guess. He said, so what you're telling me is you're gonna renege. (laughs) And they did, but he got enough points Anyway, you know, it doesn't matter what the outcome is, people. What's our testimony is the question. Isn't that right? Don't quit. I read this, uh, rather, rather a man in our Sunday school class read this, and he said he didn't have the author. I guess it's on the screen, but think about Pharaoh. He continued to fail to let them go. And he even when he said they could, he reneged, and then he reneged again. But the, the quote I want us to hear is, progressive, degen- progressive degeneration of a self-willed person is seen in Pharaoh's response. Progressive ge- degeneration of a self-willed person is seen in Pharaoh's response. I'm going to warn you, I know some of you are experienced witnesses for the glory of God, praise God. But if you're not, or if it's been a while, there's going to be opposition, amen? Amen. So what? God is greater than all opposition. And still we, you and I, are responsible to take the good news of Jesus, our deliverer, to the ends of the earth. And I've said it already. Leave the results up to God. Just know, know this. God has all the ammunition he needs. He don't need you. But he wants to use you. And he'll empower you to be his servant for his glory. He'll continue to use you. And he'll continue to use his power to accomplish his purpose in the lives of both the saved and the lost. And he desires to use us, church, to carry out his purpose of bringing himself glory uh, along with the salvation of the lost. By the way, those two things... His purpose of bringing himself through uh, uh, glory through us and the salvation of the lost are not unconnected. You understand that. Glorifying God is the people of God, and and souls being saved are not unconnected. Well, what do you think about this story? I bet you probably never heard a sermon like this, five chapters from Exodus and Just tidbits here and there, but you get the picture, I pray. It's an unbelievable picture, isn't it? On both accounts, Pharaoh's satanic-like oppression and lack of repentance and Moses' hesitancy even to speak for God. But it goes on today. It's in the world today. Such is the result of Satan's oppression and sinner's lack of repentance and faith. On the other hand, despite God's promises to the patriarchs and all these powerful signs, Moses initially continues to stall and eventually bursts out in chapter 4 and verse 13, 13, words to this effect, God, please send somebody else. Far too long the church has said that. Not me, God. You, somebody else. It's high time that we get past that as the church. And still, by choosing a mere human like Moses to deliver his people, God shows us that he alone would get the credit and he alone would get the glory for what's about to happen. Again, you know the story. Forty years in Pharaoh's palace, 40 years shepherding Jethro's sheep, and then 40 years to deliver the Hebrew children from Egypt through the wilderness into the promised land of Canaan. Remarkable, isn't it, when you think about it? How could Pharaoh continue to re- resist God? And how could Moses continue to doubt God? I mean, those were pretty strong evidence of who God was, weren't they? Those miracles. Church, may it not be said of us as his followers, listen to me, that we resist God's leading, doubt God's power to fulfill his promises, or fail to speak a word of testimony about his forgiveness of sin by his saving grace through faith in our resurrected and soon-coming deliverer, Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise the Lord today. He has a plan then and now. And not only is he capable of freeing the Israelites from their oppressors and us of ours. Remember, we know the rest of the story as Paul Harvey said, right? But also he transforms his followers into a chosen generation. The Bible says a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, which in times past, listen church, were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. First Peter 2. 9 and 10 says. You see the picture there? Of Israel and of us? Old Pharaoh was proud of his position and power. He was proud of his magicians and his gods, little g gods. But like all sinners, he was no match for the power of the one true and living God who both created and controls the universe and all that's in it. Pharaoh desperately held on to his pride and his possessions, not the least of which, by the way, was perhaps a million or more Jews in total, a real economic asset. Are you listening, church? What are we holding on to today? But he chose to do what God sovereignly appointed him to do, And fatally chose to harden his heart toward God. Lost person, don't do that. Please hear me today. Lost person and Christian alike. When we choose our own way, it never works out good. Amen? But we can follow God. And it will work out in this life or the life to come. I know Satan is powerful. But he's not all-powerful. Listen to what the Word of God says as we close. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, Word, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's for the lost person today who doesn't know Christ. We're going to sing a hymn in a minute, and if you never come to Christ, and, and today your heart has been convicted... Uh, by God and, and convinced of the righteousness of Christ who, who gave his life for you and lives today even at the right hand of God where he ever lives to make intercession for us the Bible says then I want you to come just bow your heads where you are and, and, and open your heart to God and, and, and turn from your sin and self and all the way in the other direction by his uh, grace and power uh, to Jesus and, and him alone and child of God, you know Christ. You've walked with Christ. Maybe you're not as close as you once were or uh, perhaps the world has just done a number on you. Child of God, the Bible says in 1 John 4, four, ye are of God, little children, listen, and have overcome them, church, because greater is he that's in the world. Uh, greater is he that's in the world than he that is in you. Let's pray. Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. God, I thank you for your word and opportunity to just bow in your presence today. Some, Lord, don't know you, and I pray they'd come to know you even now. Lord, use some of us to lead them uh, to the throne of grace and mercy and salvation Uh, from your word your church as a whole Lord uh, East L.J. Baptist Church included we need to be uh, your church on mission day in and day out and, and individually in our homes, in our schools, in our offices our businesses Lord we need to be found faithful because the Bible says that It's not going to get better and better, but men shall wax worse and worse, evil men. And, Lord, I I just pray that uh, we might be found faithful. And it wouldn't be said of us that we failed to trust you and obey you and that we wouldn't doubt you but live for you, for your glory, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: stand. Temptation comes my way, and when I cannot stand, I fall on You, and Jesus. You're my hope and stay.
2: And when I cannot stand.
0: so glad that you were here today. We pray that as you go that God will bless you and we pray those who are tuning in will tune back in next week and hear another precious word from God uh, at 11 o'clock. So God bless you and you're dismissed.